Live by every word. That is the challenge and the opportunity the Bible gives to you. This program examines the actual words that have proceeded out of the mouth of God Himself so we can use them to guide our paths and live by them in our everyday lives. This is Live by Every Word. Thanks for joining me today here on Live by Every Word. I'm Dwight Falk. This is Trumpet Radio 101.3 KPCG. We're online at kpcg.fm. And we have a live link at thetrumpet.com as well and are available wherever you'd like to get your podcasts. We're into the time of the year where Passover is occurring. And the first Passover was observed by the ancient Israelites just before their exodus from Egypt. That's been made uh, famous, I guess, through uh, different movies over the years. And of course, it's uh, very well known from studying the Bible. But something that uh, was miraculous and amazing occurred there. It was a very dramatic scene. As you know, Israel had been in Egypt. Uh, Eventually, they became slaves and uh, were enslaved there before God freed them. And God sent plagues upon their Egyptian captors to loosen their hold and ultimately free Israel. There were 10 plagues, and the last plague was the death for every firstborn in Egypt. The death for every firstborn in Egypt. But miraculously, none of the Israelites were harmed. But Israel, in order to be safe, to be protected, they did have to follow certain instructions. There were instructions that had to be followed, and so we had to uh, remember that history. Let's look at some of this history here in Exodus 12. We have a few passages today, so if you have a Bible handy, it'd be great to get it out and to uh, look at these passages with me. Exodus 12, and we'll look at a little bit of a longer section here, starting in verse 1. It says, And the Eternal spoken to Moses and Aaron in the land of Egypt, saying, This month shall be unto you the beginning of months. It shall be the first month of the year to you. So in captivity, Israel was all turned around in terms of time, they, they had lost a lot of information, and uh, so God needed to really make sure they understood the proper time of the year. He had to uh, get their minds focused in his direction. Then verse 3, Speak you unto all the congregation of Israel, saying, In the tenth day of this month they shall take to them every man a lamb, according to the house of their fathers, a lamb for an house. And if the household be too little for the lamb... Let him and his neighbor next unto his house take it according to the number of souls. Every man according to his eating shall make your count for the lamb. Verse 5, your lamb shall be without blemish, a male of the first year. You shall take it out from the sheep or from the goats. So this had to be as perfect as possible, no blemish. Verse 6, and you shall keep it until the 14th day of the same month, and the whole assembly of the congregation of Israel shall kill it. In the evening. And they shall take of the blood and strike it on the two side posts and on the upper door post of the houses, wherein they shall eat it. So, some very specific instructions here for ancient Israel. They had to go through and follow all these. And it was serious. I mean, if they didn't do this correctly, there would be death. They had to follow through on these instructions correctly. Down in verse 11, it says, And thus shall you eat it with your loins girded and your shoes on your feet and your staff in your hand, and you shall eat it in haste. It is the Lord's Passover. 
And then he says, what will be done? Verse 12, for I will pass through the land of Egypt this night and will smite all the firstborn in the land of Egypt, both man and beast. And against all the gods of Egypt, I will execute judgment. I am the eternal. And verse 13, and the blood shall be to you for a token upon the houses where you are. And when I see the blood, I will pass over you. And the plague shall not be upon you to destroy you when I smite the land of Egypt. So the blood had to be on the doorposts. It had to be put there. They had to sacrifice these lambs, these lambs without blemish. And the death angel would see the blood and would pass over. And the people inside that were protected by that blood would not be killed, the firstborn. And of course, this points to Christ's sacrifice. This occurrence here in ancient Israel, this pointed to Christ's sacrifice. Notice this from the Herbert W. Armstrong College Bible Correspondence Course. This is Lesson 29. We have a few quotes from that lesson today. It's an excellent lesson to get. Of course, the entire course is vitally important. Uh, This lesson deals with Passover, and you can sign up for free. Uh, It's at trumpet.com if you'd like to get that. It's an educational service. It says, God protected the ancient Israelites from physical death through the blood of these lambs. This was symbolic of the blood of Christ, the Lamb of God, which would be shed much later to protect mankind from the penalty of eternal death. John 1 and verse 29 is the reference there as far as the Lamb of God that you can look at. And so, again, as it says there, ancient Israel, they had this this um, process that they had to go through. They had to sacrifice these lambs, and they had to have that blood put on their doorposts. It was symbolic of the blood of Christ. Christ had to be sacrificed. The lesson says the Old Testament Passover was a commemoration of the first Passover God instituted for the deliverance of the Israelites firstborn from the plague of death. Old Testament Israel was acting out the exact type of Christ, the Lamb of God, and Christ our Passover. So when you think about this event, if you've ever butchered an animal before or seen seen that happen, there's a lot of blood. It's, It's gory. It's a gory event. There was a lot of blood from all those lambs when they were sacrificed. You can imagine how many lambs that would be. Lots of blood. And Christ shed his blood. And it was gory. It was not some casual event. As the world often depicts Christ's sacrifice. You know, they often depict it in in a very gentle sort of way. You know, well, he died of a broken heart, some would say, or... Maybe one little trickle of blood, maybe. Is that the way lambs get butchered? Well, it's a, it's a hard thing to think about, but we have to think about it. We have to understand what Christ went through. We have to understand it because it's the price that was paid for past sins, sins that we repent of. There's a price paid. The world wants to move on. They don't want to think about it. But we do have to really stop and consider Jesus Christ and his sacrifice for us. He didn't shed his blood so we could just keep sinning and sinning and never repent. He, re, he shed it so that we could change and then stop sinning and having, have those past sins forgiven. But notice Isaiah 53. There's an interesting passage here. And this is a prophecy about Jesus Christ, about our Passover. 
Isaiah 53 and, and verse 3. It says, He is despised and rejected of men. So if you read about his, his uh, scourging and crucifixion and the, the illegal trial that led up to all that, he was mocked and ridiculed. And, of course, he had dealt with that throughout his life to an extent, from the religious leaders especially. But he was really mocked, really rejected here at the end of his life physically. It says he was a man of sorrows and acquainted with grief. And notice this. And we hid, as it were, our faces from him. He was despised, and we esteemed him not. We're all guilty of the death of Christ. We weren't there physically, but our sins killed him. That's the price of sin, is the death of Jesus Christ. He paid the penalty in our stead when we repent. But it says we hid our faces from him. Well, isn't that the way it is? People don't really want to look at the sacrifice of Christ. Sometimes they'll mention it. Well, you know, Jesus died for our sins, and that they, maybe they'll say that. But what did he really go through? You know, if you see something that's pretty gruesome, in most cases, the natural reaction is to hide your face from it. You don't want to look at it. You don't want to look at it. It's too much. And the indication here in Isaiah 53 is that that's what people want to do is hide their faces from that. They don't want to look at it. They don't want to really consider what was done there. But it was serious. Those lambs that were slain and and butchered, that was a type of what Christ would go through. And the lambs were treated better than he was. It was cruel. It was terrible the way that he was treated. Here's some of the details. The correspondence course talks about this history. He was scourged, of course. It says scourging was a common punishment in the time of Christ, but in our modern times, we have difficulty imagining such cruelty. The victim was stripped to the waist, bent over and tied to a post, and then beaten with a multi-lashed whip made of leather thongs weighted down with broken shards of bone and sharp jagged pieces of metal. In a Roman scourging called the halfway death, the victim was beaten until just short of dying from the multiple wounds. I mean, just think, what would you do if you saw somebody being attacked like that today? You'd, you'd probably intervene in some way. Even an animal, if somebody was doing that to an animal, people would jump in front. So don't do that. Don't treat it that way. But that's what Christ had to go through. That's how he had to suffer. And those, of course, whips were designed to tear the body apart. And we don't like to think about that, of course. But it is important to know and to consider really what price was paid and what Christ went through. Sin isn't a small matter. It's not casual. The penalty for it isn't casual. It was this beating and ultimately crucifixion. The quote says, Christ suffered this merciless beating, which tore open his flesh. It disfigured him and caused him to bleed from dozens and even hundreds of open gashes and cuts. Even his ribs were exposed. Most victims were allowed to recover, but Jesus was not. Like a criminal, he was then forced to carry his own stake, but he was so weakened by his terrible chastisement that he fell under its weight after only a short distance. 
outside the city at the place of the skull called Golgotha. Jesus had to feel spikes being pounded mercilessly into his flesh, pinning his hands and feet to the wood. It was a horrible ordeal. It's something people would want to hide their faces from and not look at it and not consider it. And again, it's we don't discuss it because it's pleasant, of course, but we are told to really understand the price, to consider, to consider what happened, to realize the price that was paid. It's important to understand that and not be casual about it, because if we're casual about it and we hide our face from it, then it's easy to be casual about sin. It says crucifixion was the most shameful and most painful form of execution. Not only were spikes driven into the hands and feet and the body suspended from these open wounds, but breathing was also agonizingly difficult. Victims would sometimes struggle for as long as three days, suffering pain, sunstroke, heat exhaustion, loss of blood, finally dying from muscle exhaustion and suffocation. Our Savior suffered incredibly in the lead up to his death, and he did this voluntarily. He did this for us and for the whole world. He wants everybody to repent of sin, but there's a penalty that has to be paid for sin to be forgiven. And Christ went through this so that we can be forgiven so that we can be forgiven, and God the Father allowed that. So that we can be forgiven, so they can forgive us of our sins. But we can't hide our face from that sacrifice and from what happened. We do have to understand it and understand the penalty for sin. Notice First Peter 2 and verse 24, a passage here in the New Testament showing a little more about what he went through and why. 1 Peter 2 and verse 24, it says, Who his own self, talking about Jesus Christ, bear our sins in his own body on the tree, that we, being dead to sins, should live unto righteousness, by whose stripes you were healed. Is there healing? There is. The Bible talks about that. There is healing. Healing is the forgiveness of physical sin. Christ healed people when he was on this earth. And in some cases, he said, your sins are forgiven you. And people balked at that. So what are you talking about? And he said, well, you know, what's easier to say? Rise and walk or your sins are forgiven you. There was physical sin there that had to be forgiven. And we're healed by those stripes. He paid the penalty. He paid the penalty. We have a lot more about that in our booklet on healing. That's free at thetrumpet.com. But he paid the penalty. That doesn't mean that people live forever physically, of course, but... Many people are healed from illnesses and diseases and have their lives prolonged and have a better quality of life when they have the faith in this healing power and they do go about that the right way. And, and of course, like I mentioned, there's a lot more about that in our booklet on healing that you need to read if you'd like to understand more about that. And that's free at thetrumpet.com, but it's clear by whose stripes you were healed. He had to go through that beating we just talked about. That's scourging so that we could be healed. He paid the penalty in his body. The correspondence course says Jesus Christ allowed his body to be ripped open until it could not even be recognized. Have you ever seen anything like that where somebody's beaten so badly that you don't you don't recognize them, you don't know who they are? That's 
That's an incredible beating. It says he suffered this torture so you and I, through faith in his broken body for us, could be forgiven all our physical sins. See, there are physical sins and there are spiritual sins. It says the healing of our bodies when we are sick. That's a forgiving of our physical sins. Transgressions of God's laws of health are the cause of all sickness. That's Matthew 9, verses 1 through 7. It says in order to pay the penalty for our spiritual sins, which is eternal death, that's the penalty, it was necessary that Jesus Christ die by shedding his blood. It's a two-part sacrifice. They're beaten with stripes for our healing, and then his, his blood was shed for the forgiveness of spiritual sins. Notice 1 Corinthians 5 and verse 7. But, you know, when we consider what Christ went through, what does that mean for us? What do we do then? After we accept that sacrifice and we really realize the penalty that was paid and are baptized and have hands laid on us by God's ministry, what, what do we do moving forward? And even as we're leading up to that, if we're in that process, you know, what effort do we put forward? Well, notice 1 Corinthians 5 and verse 7, it says, Purge out therefore the old leaven, this is talking about the days of unleavened bread, right after Passover, that you may be a new lump as you are unleavened. Get rid of sin. Leaven typifies sin during that time. It says, For even Christ our Passover is sacrificed for us. See, Christ is our Passover. They had the lambs there in ancient Israel, the Passover lamb. Christ is our Passover. He sacrificed for us. So what do we do? Well, it says, get rid of the old leaven, get rid of the sin. Don't keep sinning. Don't keep having Christ be put to death all the time. Repent and move forward. The Course says the Israelites killed their Passover lambs by shedding their blood. And again, you can think about how much blood that would be, how gory that would be. That's in Exodus 12, verses 6 through 7. We read some of that. As these lambs, it says, were types of Christ, our Passover, and died by bloodshed. So Christ's blood was also shed to pay for our sins, our transgressions of God's law. Does it matter if we keep God's law? Of course it does. Because when we break it, there has to be bloodshed. And if we repent, then Christ's shed blood covers it. If we don't repent, then there's no forgiveness of sin. We have to repent. But it is very serious. The sacrifice was the greatest sacrifice ever made, and it was brutal what Christ had to go through, and we have to consider that unless we take it for granted, unless we take sin for granted. Isaiah 53 and verse 12. Isaiah 53 and verse 12, it says, Therefore will I divide him a portion with the great. Jesus Christ is King of kings and Lord of lords. It says, and he shall divide the spoil with the strong because he has poured out his soul unto death and he was numbered with the transgressors and he bare the sin of many and he made intercession for the transgressors. He poured out his soul, his physical life unto death. He did that. And it was a very gruesome process and he was, of course, ultimately speared as he hung there. He had a spear rammed into his side blood and water came out and he died his soul was poured out unto death as it says that's the penalty for sin that's what Christ did and went through to be our Passover sacrifice that's what Christ did and the Lamb of God 
the Lamb of God, killed just like those lambs in ancient Israel and uh, in an even more painful and difficult situation. He went through all of that. He went through all of that so that mankind can be forgiven of sin. And we do have to think about it. We don't want to be like it says in Isaiah 53, 3 about those that hide their faces from him and don't want to consider it and don't want to think about it and don't want to be bothered with it and just want to go on with their day-to-day life. We need to stop and really look at and consider what Christ did to, to be our, our Passover. The Lamb of God, Christ, our Passover. If you'd like to learn more about this, again, it's uh, the Herbert W. Armstrong College Bible Correspondence Course. The whole course is uh, great. This particular lesson that we're talking about today is uh, Lesson 29, and it uh, gets into the Passover. Of course, there's details uh, in other books and booklets at thetrumpet.com that you can sort through and look through and uh, select any that you'd like. They're all free. That's all the time we have for this edition of Live by Every Word. Thank you for spending some of your time with me today. I'm Dwight Falk. Until next time, let's all strive to more perfectly live by every word of God. You've been listening to Live by Every Word on Trumpet Radio 101.3 KPCG and online at kpcg.fm and thetrumpet.com.